0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc. Our text this morning is Luke chapter 12, verses 4 through verse 12. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the verses will be provided for you on the screen. As we go into our passage, Jesus is going to reveal to us four truths about how we overcome fear in a hostile world so luke chapter 12 verses 4 through verse 12 verse 4 jesus is speaking here and he begins i tell you my friends i I love that jesus begins by calling us his friends i tell you my friends do not fear. That is, we remember last week that the religious leaders uh, were pressing against Jesus. They were fuming mad against Jesus. They, they wanted blood. That is, the, the hostility between them and Jesus was palpable. And, and so the disciples feel this shift in the ministry. They, they feel everything you know, moving from everybody being happy and yay Jesus to now this hatred and hostility building. And, and so they know if they continue to follow Jesus, that they're going to be the recipients of that hostility as well. And so very naturally, you know, that kind of stirs some fear inside of their hearts. And so Jesus speaks Directly to those fears. Take a look at verse 4 again. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, they have nothing more that they can do. That is, Jesus says, listen, don't, don't fear people who are hostile to you because they're limited. Well, listen, how are they limited? Well, Jesus basically says here, well, you know, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? <laughs> well, they can, they can kill you. And listen, you go to heaven, you get to go be with God, your pain and suffering's over, and you begin your perfect eternity with him. And listen, that is a possibility as a disciple of Jesus. And listen, we should consider that. In fact, many of the disciples that Jesus is speaking to here ultimately were killed physically. They were martyrs for their faith. And so, the first truth that Jesus gives us in overcoming our fear in a hostile world, if you're taking notes, write this down. We overcome fear in a hostile world by coming to grips with the worst case scenario. We overcome fear in a hostile world by, by coming to grips with the worst case scenario. And what's the worst case scenario? Well, we could die. But listen, we are all going to die, but we have the hope of heaven. And and not only that, what greater cause for us to live for and, if necessary, to die for than the cause of Jesus Christ? And so listen, we need to ask ourselves, are, are we willing, am I willing to die for the cause of Jesus Christ? Am I willing to give my life for the gospel? We need to come to grips with that. And ultimately, we need to be able to say yes to that. Verse 5, Jesus continues. But I will warn you whom to fear, fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell yes i tell you fear him that is ultimately jesus says you know what we need a reverential fear of god we need an awe of god and he says listen people (laughs) the worst that they can do is kill your body but but god he can condemn your soul to hell forever. So listen, if you want to be afraid, <laughs> you ought to be afraid of God. That is, listen, it's good to tremble at the thought of the holiness and awesomeness of God. That's a good thing. That's a good fear that that, now ultimately we don't have to live in that state of trembling because we serve a good God he is our good father but listen to have moments to have times where we just have a healthy recognition of a healthy dose of who God really is that listen he is our dad in heaven but He's not someone to be trifled with. He's not someone we can pull something over on. He's not something, someone we can play games with. That's a, that's a healthy fear. That's, that's a good fear for us to have. Now, one of the things that I'm somewhat concerned about in the church today is that there are so many Christians who don't really have a fear of God. We, we feel a great freedom to play games with God, to think that God's going to look the other way, that he is kind of a, a pushover uh, in, in, of sorts. And so listen, in the church today, there are so many issues. I, I don't even know how to list them all. There are so many issues of wickedness and rebellion that are accepted by so many calling them Christians today. I, I, I don't even know where to start, but I'm just going to give you a couple, for example. For example, sexual immorality is a huge one. That is to say this, any form of sex, listen, whatever your creative mind can come up with and our world comes up with a lot, any form of sex outside The covenant marriage between a man and a woman is wrong. It is sin. And so listen, God is not for you, you know, sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend. He is not okay with that. God is not for you. He's not in this whole idea of you living together. God is not in that. He is not for that. Now listen, God loves you. He wants to bless you, but you need to obey him. You need to get right with him. He's not going to bless our sin. A whole other area is the issue of tithing. My wife uh, listens to Dave Ramsey, the financial guy on the radio all the time, and In this past week, he did kind of a survey just of his listeners. He surveyed 4,000 listeners of how many of them tithed, and it came out to 7%. That is, again, God is not going to bless our disobedience if we don't put God first. We can't expect God To fulfill his promises to us, God is not going to be in our finances if we are not trusting him first. And so, listen, we need to fear God and obey him. Church, we need to repent. That is, in any area where we're playing games with God in any area where listen we're keeping sin in our heart in any area where we're not submitting to the word of god you know that we somehow have a better idea of how we think things should go you know <laughs> i don't want to respect my husband i don't want to honor my wife you don't understand my my situation is different my situation is unique Man, we just have this idea somehow, I don't know where we got it, that we're so unique, that our circumstances are so different, that somehow our modern culture is just so unique and different that that God's timeless word does not apply to us, and therefore we can just kind of pick and choose and excuse what it is we don't want to follow. We need to repent. We need to fear God and obey him. And listen, because we are not, our prayers are hindered. Our power is hindered. Because, church, we are in sin. King Solomon, at the end of his life, after he had tried everything the world had to offer, and he tried everything, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he concludes this, The only thing that lasts, the only thing that matters is we must fear God and obey him. And he said, everything else is vanity. Everything else is meaninglessness. Everything else is dust in the wind. And so the second truth that Jesus gives us to overcome fear in a hostile world, if you're taking notes, write this down. We overcome fear in a hostile world by fearing the Lord. We overcome fear in a hostile world by fearing the Lord. In fact, Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is, if we want to begin to live a successful and right life, it begins, it starts with us fearing God. Verse 6. Jesus adds this, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Well, listen, in Jesus' day, sparrows weren't worth much you know they were of little value they weren't really considered i don't think sparrows are worth much in our society here either and and it says here jesus says here that you know the five of them were sold for a couple of pennies and and yet god says he is aware of every single one of them not one of them is forgotten by God. And so listen, Jesus is arguing from the lesser to the greater, and what he is saying is, listen, if God is aware of every single sparrow that nobody else cares about, that nobody else considers valuable, that that nobody else even sees, don't you know that he is aware of you, that he sees you? That is, listen, you are not forgotten by God. He loves you. He sees you. He cares for you. He values you. You are his child. You are made in his image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Jesus goes on to say that God knows everything about us. In fact, he knows the number of hairs upon our head at any given moment. And and i kind of think about that you know i have three kids and i i've never counted the number of hairs on their head <laughs> i've complained about how their hair clogged the drain but i've never counted the number of hairs upon their head but jesus point here is simple he's simply saying that god knows every detail of your life he knows you fully inside and out and he loves you and he values you And he sees you. You matter to him. And so listen, that's the third truth of how we overcome fear in a hostile world. If you're taking notes, write this down. We overcome fear in a hostile world by knowing that God values us. We overcome fear in a hostile world by knowing God values us. verse 8, it continues. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men. That is, you know, if you're thinking about jumping off a high dive, if you remember when you were a kid and your first time jumping off that high dive into a swimming pool or jumping off a cliff into a lake or that sort of thing you know that the best way to overcome the fear and to, and to just you know, do it is, is to go for it. You know, the longer you stand up there on the high dive, the longer you stand up there on the cliff and, and think about it, the, the more fear increases inside of your heart. And so the best way to overcome that fear is to just do it. And so that is true when it comes to the proclamation of our faith as well. And so listen, the the more you think about, you know, making Jesus your Lord, the more you punt that, the more you worry about what others are going to think. Listen, the fear inside you increases and your faith decreases. You kind of harden your heart. And so the best way to overcome that is, is to just do it. Or listen, when it comes to sharing our faith, you know, the more we think about it, the more we worry about how we're going to sound or what others are going to think. Listen, our faith decreases and our fear increases. And so the best way to overcome that is to just do it. That is, when we speak our faith, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we put it out there It's done. It's who we are. It has no more control over us. It's just out there, and we no longer fear it because it's a done deal. And so that's the fourth thing that Jesus says about a truth of overcoming fear in a hostile world. Write this down if you're taking notes. We overcome fear in a hostile world by acknowledging Jesus to the world we just do it then it's out there it's done it's it's who we are jesus continues in verse 8 and i tell you everyone who acknowledges me before men the son of man also will acknowledge before the angels of god that is jesus gives us a promise here that listen if we will acknowledge him before mankind he will acknowledge us before the angels That is, if we stand with him here, he will stand with us there. That is, there is a reward for the faithful, the reward for those who proclaim their allegiance to Christ here. Listen, Jesus will honor us in the courts of heaven before God. Verse 9 continues, but the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And so listen, the opposite is true as well. If we are unwilling to acknowledge Jesus before mankind, listen, he will not acknowledge us before the angels. He will not acknowledge us before the throne room of God. That is, there's a penalty for the faithless. They will be denied and disgraced in the courts of heaven that's pretty heavy duty. Verse 10, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. That is, this is speaking of the fact that every one of us have a moment of weakness in our public proclamation of our faith for Jesus Christ. That is, all of us have failed to speak about Jesus in a moment. All of us have maybe shrunk from an opportunity because we were intimidated or we cared too much about what other people thought or, you know, we wanted to be accepted and we didn't want to stand out. And so after Jesus gives this heavy-duty warning, he's kind of saying, listen, I know you're going to fail. And listen, as long as you don't stay there, you repent of that, you ask forgiveness for that, that's okay. It will be... Forgiven. As long as you don't stay in that pattern, that can be forgiven. But then he continues in verse 10. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. That is, in contrast to someone who, you know, fails in a moment to confess Christ, shrinks from an opportunity, and then Repents and asks for forgiveness. This is speaking of someone that this is their lifestyle whether they claim to be a Christian or not. That they have a settled rejection of Jesus and God's truth before other people. And Jesus calls that here the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and it will not be forgiven well listen let me kind of explain this a little more and say this the holy spirit is the third person of the godhead and and he is equal with god but he has a different role in the trinity and one of the primary purposes of the holy spirit his role is to reveal jesus To people. His role is to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of the judgment. And so, as the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to people, people then have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit, they have the ability to resist the Holy Spirit, and ultimately, even to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. For example, if a person dies without accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and repenting of their sins, they have rejected the Holy Spirit's ministry in their life that sought to draw them to Jesus. And so if they die in that state of rejecting the Holy Spirit's ministry, thus not confessing Jesus as their Lord, listen, that is blaspheming, the Holy Spirit, and it will not be forgiven. Or, for example, for someone who's living. Listen, you can resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reaches out to you. He may even be speaking to you now. And so many times, the Holy Spirit touches people's lives and they harden their heart or they, they punt. They, they're not ready to give their life to Jesus. They're not ready to punt. They think they have more time. They think they need to think about it more. They, they just keep punting and punting. They harden their hearts and harden their hearts. And, and at some point, and we don't know what point it is, the Bible doesn't say, but at some point God says, fine, have it your way. At some point, God honors our choice. And so listen, at that point, that person has blasphemed the Holy Spirit, and they will receive what they wanted, that is eternal separation from God. Well, ultimately, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus is warning us against. And so listen, God is speaking to you now. The Holy Spirit is drawing you now. And so I implore you, please, don't wait. Don't harden your heart. God loves you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you his forgiveness. And so listen, pray this prayer with me right now. Say this in your heart to God. It doesn't have to be perfectly this way. God is just interested in the orientation of your heart. Say this, dear Jesus, I want to know you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and make me the person that you want me to be. Well, listen, friends. If you prayed that prayer, that is the beginning of a relationship with God. Listen, just the beginning. You've just started, but you are forgiven, and God has now entered into a relationship with you, so now you need to nurture that and so listen, if you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you when I'm done here in a few moments to go to our website at www.gracechapel.cc and hit that button that says email Pastor Kurt. And listen, I will send you an ebook. It's you know on the internet, an e-book that tells you what to do next. I, ri- I wrote a book specifically for you. After you pray that prayer, now what do I do? I will send that to you via email. So just press that button, it'll come directly to me and I will send you that ebook right away this week. Well listen, the blasphemy of the holy spirit will not be forgiven because it's too big of a sin for God to forgive. That's that's not why it's not forgiven. But because it's an attitude of the heart that cares nothing for the forgiveness that Jesus offers verse 10 or verse 11 Jesus continues and when they bring you that is Jesus is going to end here with a promise again to his disciples uh, that when they're speaking to others that the Holy Spirit will be with them And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, Jesus says here, when you're called out, not if, (laughs) but when. They listen, don't be afraid, don't be anxious, don't be fearful, because the Holy Spirit will help you. And listen, as we read the Bible, as we look at the scriptures, we see that that promise was fulfilled in the disciples' lives. And, but listen, that promise also applies to us as well. For example, when I'm preparing my sermons, I you know, make the first draft early in the week. And so then I pray over the sermon during the week and I ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And and so he will, and the Holy Spirit will edit the sermons that I deliver on Sunday. Sometimes what happens is when I'm actually proclaiming a sermon or preaching a sermon, the Holy Spirit will give me words to say and he will take the sermon in a different direction that I didn't prepare. But it it goes differently differently different weeks. Another example is when I'm sharing my faith, when I'm witnessing that God gives me the words and the scriptures for that conversation, for that individual. And listen, I've spoken to many of you. I know many of you have experienced that as well. My wife was just sharing how she had that experience recently. But listen, the Holy Spirit just assists you. He gives you the words and the scriptures that's needed for that person, for that moment. And, and listen, I've had other examples as well at key moments in, in, in my ministry that God's Spirit has come upon me and given me the words to speak at very important moments of the ministry. I've seen the, the Spirit come upon other leaders at Grace to speak at very key times in this ministry. And, and I would say this as well, I've had the Holy Spirit restrain my tongue I've had the Holy Spirit restrain me from speaking at important moments as well. But ultimately, another role of the Holy Spirit is to empower believers, is to empower us to be bold witnesses for Jesus Christ. And ultimately, what Jesus is saying here is don't don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit will assist you, will help you to do that. What a blessing it is to have the Holy Spirit. What a blessing it is to have God with us and in us, to comfort us, to correct us, listen, to empower us to be like Jesus. I am so, so grateful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.